You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Hey, Citizens Church, how you doing? You, you doing good? I nearly came across the stage like this, just to, just to be an absolute idiot. You be seated. I, we love you, your, your church and your pastors. We, you know, I've been, I travel about six or seven months of the year and that takes us to a lot of churches. And uh, this, can you give me a G? I might, I might sing this part if I can. As if I'm going to do that. <laughs> so we go to a lot of churches and I, and I get with a lot of of pastors and their families and I'm not just saying this to carry favour I say this everywhere that this family here is would be in the top two Um, number one is our family no no (laughs) of anywhere in the world and I know you know how blessed you are how serious they take their own relationship their kids Um, uh, they're not perfect but they're amazing and and so I always look at the safety. A lot of been talking about health and safety of churches. And you don't need to look too much further than the health of the family that is leading the church. And uh, I want to thank you for the work that you put in uh, for you, for other pastors. You mentor a whole lot of other pastors in their marriage and family and that we love you, and it's such an honour for me to be in this pulpit. Why don't you, why don't you thank God for your pastors today? <clears throat> we, um, we're in a survey series, or if you like, you asked for it. Let me say, I asked for it. That's six. I asked for it. And you've got, there's a list of things that, that you have rated as the things that you wanted spoken about. Um, Unfortunately, I can't get through all 53 things, um, but I'm going to have a shot at what one of the really big ones was stress and what causes that. Um, uh, Spiritual warfare. You know, in our Western culture, unfortunately, it becomes so, so sophisticated that really if you can't touch it, eat it, taste it, smell it, that doesn't exist. There's a whole other world that impacts our world. The, the, the realm of the spirit and, uh, and, and many of the natural things that you confront that stand between you and, and a thriving life in Christ, many of them are actually spiritual. They're not just natural. You, you know, you can't blame the devil for everything. You heard the story of the devil. He's out in the, he's out in the, in the, on the curb, sitting there crying his eyes out. And someone came and said, what's up with you? And he says, they're blaming me for everything in there. So I'm not talking about that. Sometimes it's discipline. Sometimes it's positioning yourself right. We'll talk about some of that as well. But I want to talk about spiritual warfare, temptation, identity in Christ, prayer. This weekend marks a very significant weekend for the Jewish faith. Did you know that that Christianity is not an Australian religion? Shock of shocks is not an American religion. It has its roots firmly planted in Israel. Jesus was a Jew. And for this weekend, 
is Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year of the, of the Jewish calendar. We work on the Gregorian calendar, it's 2023. For them, the year is 5784, 5784. And they celebrate Rosh Hashanah this weekend in 10 days time. It's Yom, uh, Yom Kippur, uh, Day of Atonement. Um, but but here's, here's the interesting thing. Hebrew is very different from English. Hebrew is an alphanumeric language. And so the significance, in fact, we did a trip to Israel together, yeah? And uh, it's kind of when we got connected, really. We, I think we met before that. But, uh, it, and so the alphanumeric, the, the, the number four, 5784, the number four, the, the actual character is like a door lintel. And it literally means, the, num- the word is dalet, dalet, uh, anglicised, and it means door. And so many commentators and prophets are declaring, and I want to declare this over you today, that this next 12 months is a year of the open door. It's a year when God is going to fling open doors that no man can shut. Paul talks about this. He says in 1 Corinthians 16, I think he says that, uh, that an open door is in front of you, but there is, I've put before you an open door, but there's many adversaries. Whenever the Lord opens a door, the enemy doesn't like it. He doesn't want you taking new territory. And some of you understand this. Some of you right now, in fact, uh, are pu- it feels like you're pushing up against something. Feels like there's a constriction around you. A few nodding heads there. Feel like, hopefully you're not nodding off to sleep. Um, that, that, that you've got a, f- a fresh sense of, God, I, I know you're calling me through that door, but it feels like I'm wading through yogurt or something. It's tough. And so I want to I address that as we go through the message today. But I believe that that's a season for many of you I believe it's a season for Citizens Church of a fresh open door of opportunity. It feels like that. I mean, obviously this amazing facility, that, that, but that's only the part of it. That's, I think, a physical manifestation of the open doors God is wanting for each and every one of you. Acts chapter 12 talks about an imprisonment and an earthquake came. We just sang about that. An earthquake came and the, and the doors of the prison flung open. In fact, as, as, as they moved toward uh, the gates of the city, the gates of the city, which speaks of influence, opens to them of its own accord. It's the season of the open door. You know, the enemy in his opposition, the enemy does not turn up in your life or your bedroom in a red suit and, and, and a pitchfork. Mwah! It very often the enemy t- sounds like your own voice. It sounds very, very subtle. I do a lot of flying and uh, sometimes I, I want to be Mr. Chirpy Chappy and have a, have a bit of a yarn, have a chat. Other times I want to sleep. I'd had a busy time uh, this particular occasion several years ago back and, and I was heading out from LA to Sydney and I got on the flight. Here's the key. When you don't want to talk, no eye contact. I know that's terribly unchristian of me, but I am sometimes. 
So, so this particular occasion, I was dead tired. I wanted to sleep. And this guy got on and he was going to be sitting next to me and like bugalugs here. I looked at him and I said, hey, how you doing? He said, g'day. What's your name? I said, I'm Michael, what's yours? And I'm like, as I'm talking, I'm thinking, you're an idiot. You just want to sleep. Give yourself an uppercut, right? Just. And so we're talking. I said, what do you do? And he said, I run a zoo. I said, a zoo? I've never met anyone that runs a zoo before. What sort of zoo do you run? He said, I run Australia Zoo. I'm Steve Irwin's best friend. You're right. And I'm like, you're not going to get any sleep now. And I said, I said, as I'm talking, I'm like, I'm, I'm sounding more and more like Steve Irwin. I'm like, crikey, that's amazing. I'm like, as I'm saying, I'm thinking you're an idiot. You're coming across as a geek. Stop it. Talk normal. I said, hey, have you had any close calls with big crocs, crikey? And he said, actually, I have. He said there was a flood through the zoo and we were cleaning out the croc enclosure and the, and the lagoon. And I had a guy who was on watch, watchman duty, right? Because Graham, the big 15 footer, was in the, in the attached or the, the, the lagoon next door, but there was a waterway between the two. He goofed off, not Graham, the watchman. Graham slithers through and while Steve Irwin and Wes Mannion are cleaning the lagoon, Graham comes up behind Wes and snaps him across the top of the butt and the top of the legs. And I said, what happened then? He said, well, he was then gonna go up and smash my, my head and Steve Irwin tackled him and saved my life. I just about stood up in the plane. I love you, Steve Irwin. <laughs> he showed me a photo. He says, here's my stitches. And it was kind of like, it was like a pretty exposing photo. And he said, you want to have another, another photo? I said, no, it's okay. I'm like, it's, I'm going to be, he's showing me his butt. I'm going to be sitting next to this guy for the rest of the flight. Here's the thing about crocodiles. They operate in stealth. Their eyes are just below the water. They'll stay there for days at times and just, and just watch the patterns of people. You know, in FNQ, Far North Queensland, there are photos, there are signs everywhere, do not swim in the water because the big salties, they'll, they'll take you home. They'll, they'll, they'll have you for lunch. But they're stealthy. They're, they're sneaky. I was in Philippines many, many, many years ago, maybe 30 something years ago. It was one of my very first missions conferences. And... Uh, and, and we were flat out. It was like so, so hot and so humid. It felt like 110 degrees, but it was humid. And so we had one afternoon off and we all went and had a swim. And, uh, and then they have a cool thing there called a siesta. So after the swim, we went back to our rooms and I dived into bed, pulled my board shorts off, threw them in the corner and I was asleep. And then I heard at the door, and I got up and I was about to answer the door in a condition that would not be a state to receive guests. And so I quickly grabbed my boardies, whacked them on. And then what I noticed was a scorpion had crawled into the board shorts. Absolutely. Thank you for your sympathy. And it bit me, it stung me on the top of the leg. It had sneakily got in and was just waiting to get me. The enemy is a sneak. The enemy operates. In fact, the greatest danger is the enemy's error, which is actually closest to the truth. 
rather than turn up in a red suit and horns and a pitchfork, He speaks in your voice, as I said. There's a, there's a powerful verse um, in, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. So, so all of us, if we could have, sit down, if Dustin and I have a coffee, I'm saying, dude, tell me a story. If I could talk, what's your name, sir? John, if John and I could sit down and have a, have a yarn, have a chat, tell me your story. There'd be stories all over this place, some very dramatic stories of like, here was my life. Like I used to have a facial tattoo and I got it removed and Jesus saved my life and now I, whatever. Dramatic stories. I have one of those. As a young 14-year-old boy, I was sexually abused by a male, like a 30-year-old man, and it messed me up. I didn't tell anyone, but I thought, well, man, what's, well, I'm going to prove my heterosexuality. So right through my teenage years, I was very promiscuous and uh, ended up with a teenage pregnancy at about 18 and a half. Been going out with that girl for 18 months and we decided I dropped out of Commerce Law at university. We we're going to get married. I got three or four jobs, raised about 12 grand, was going to set up a little home and have this child. Well, the relationship fell terribly apart. Her mum and dad wanted to get me as far away from their daughter as possible. And if I were them, I would have done exactly the same thing. I was a mongrel. I couldn't spell responsibility, let alone live it. But it devastated me. And I had 12 grand. And I just wanted to escape. And so I just blew my brains out for, on, on, on stuff for the next two months. Including, I was driving a motor vehicle, blind drunk one night, friend's car. I flipped that on its roof. And I should have been killed. I had a little scratch on my back. How many know that even before you turned your heart to Jesus, the angels were working overtime? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. But I don't want to talk about that style of there is a way that clearly seemed right, but it was ending in death. I want to talk more about the subtlety. There's a crazy story in Acts chapter 16 where where, where, where Paul is wanting to preach. And, uh, and he heads down, he wants to go to Asia. So he, he asks God about, you know, Galatia and Bithynia and Mysia, all these Asian places. And the Holy Spirit's like, nope, nope, nope. Like, can you believe? God stopped him, restrained him from actually preaching. But then there was a vision. Paul got a vision from a, a dude in Macedonia. And he he declared in his heart, he, he, said, he felt like God was opening a door. Everyone, everyone say open door. Opening a door to preach for the very first time in Europe. In Europe. And, uh, and so he, he rocked into a place called Philippi, which was a really central trade center, really strategic center at the time. And uh, he went to the, the, the riverside where, where they were, Proclaiming and preaching, uh, that was they didn't have a temple in that town. Uh, sorry, didn't have a, a uh, yeah, like a, 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 a sanctuary, a temple. So they were just doing it by the riverside. It was an allocated place for prayer. He started preaching. There was this lady called Lydia who was a, a pretty high class businesswoman. Um, she was a seller of purple, which actually was more than just she sold purple t-shirts. It was actually, it actually marked her as someone that was, that was really a key authority, probably a patron. They had the patron client thing where there were women and men that 
kind of took charge of those in their household. So if you were under the cover of their roof, they were supplying your needs. I hope you got the picture. So her and her whole family got baptised. So this is rocking along fantastically until this slave girl that was, that, that, that was demon-possessed, she was, she was making a lot of money predicting the future for her masters. And, and so she starts tagging them around. And she starts, here's the words she said, right? These men are servants of the Most High God proclaiming to you the way of salvation. You, 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 like at first glance, you think, gosh, that sounds like, go preach it, girl. That's awesome. These men are servants of the Most High God proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She's like, man, this, this girl's got a great ministry ahead of her. Except I don't believe that's the way she was saying it. I believe she was saying it something like, these men are servants of the Most High God telling to you the way of salvation. These men are, she did it not for two hours, not for one day, two days. She followed them around. And the whole, though, though it seemed right in one sense, the whole spirit of that was to create a distraction and, and the focus on herself. Are you tracking with me so far? So, they've, so they've, they've been going to prayer. Lydia was a great provider for funding for the gospel. That's what all the commentators and history will tell us. Um, and, and, and there was an incredibly fruitful time. So in the midst of that fruitfulness, spiritually, financially, and, and, and souls-wise, there was the enemy pushing back. He's trying to distract. Now, now, the enemy will want to distract not just there, but those same areas in your life. I don't know whether you've ever had this experience where you have a season where you're trying to come to prayer. You're trying to come to the Word and it's like, man, I got the attention span of an imp. I start with the Bible, I end up somehow in Instagram. Don't look at me so holy. If that's never happened to you, could you stand up and fly around the room? I'm gonna give you a standing ovation. It's like I'm praying, God, Jesus, help me. Lord, help my family. God, I just pray for squirrel. Lord, what am I having for lunch? Oh man, I love a hamburger today. What the heck? Sometimes that's just a lack of attention, but, but sometimes it's a spiritual distraction. For, for some of you right now, I, again, don't need to be a prophet to realise that some of you, the supply chain of your provision is being strangled. Strangled. You, you have severe doubts about what's happening in your workplace, your business, and, and, and it is being strangled. You're, you're being you're being you're under the pump from a financial point of view. And again, sometimes that's, you know, might be just get a job. But other times, you know, it's like, man, this is frustrating. This is a continual frustration. It feels like I'm being constricted, right? Yeah? Any, anyone understand what I'm saying there? Other times it's like, man, I just feel like I'm bumping along the bottom spiritually. I've already shared a bit of my story. At the end of this service, in about 90 minutes time. I'm gonna pray for everyone here that says, Michael, man, I feel like I'm bumping along the bottom spiritually. I feel like, I feel like there's so much more. I feel like 
man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just existing as a believer. I actually, if I'm, I know I can't, it's not cool to say, but I'm bored. It's like, what, well, what gifts has God given you? Well, the, the, the gift that God gave me is the gift of the butt. You say, the gift of the butt, what's that? Yeah, well, I've got a butt and I put it on a chair. Used to be every week, now it's every couple of weeks. And I say, amen, at all the right times. I know this is a very compromising posture right here. Whereas God says, ma'am, dude, I have put greatness in your heart. I have destined you for incredible things. Now, I believe we should come to church, but that's not the end game. That's the starting of the game. God doesn't want you just to come to church. He actually wants us all to become the church. And there's a real subtlety. The enemy will, 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 will be logical and rational. It's like, you know, times are hard. Man, I'll get generous when those interest rates come down again. Pastor, man, you got a big check coming your way when those interest rates drop, drop down to 3% once again. And it sounds so logical. You know, I used to be involved in them crews that Pastor got us hyped up about before. But you know, you understand, you know, post-COVID, I'm busy, man, busy, busy, busy. I got, I got, I got some, ri- uh, I'm just not a cruise person anymore. Really subtle. You can, you can go to heaven all by yourself, but you'll never attain your destiny outside of engaging in community. Prayer distractions. You know what? I'll get to it this afternoon. Hello, famous last words. So seriously, hand show, hand show. Come on, come on. I've, my hand's way up. How many of you have ever said, maybe multiple times, man, I can't do it right now this morning, but I'll get to it this afternoon only to find you putting your head on the pillow, not even having a cracker of a time with Jesus. Can I see your hand? Is there another? Is there another? I see that hand. I see that hand. Of course we do. Where did that come from? There's this little whisper. Sounds like your voice. Sounds logical. Really cool thing to do. God's heart is that we might understand and and have the spirit world unmasked, understanding you've got an authority on your life to push back. Well, when when they finally addressed that girl, they delivered her from that, what was called a spirit of divination. Notice the word, it's got a part of the word divine in it. So it's like divine, but not. And she was foretelling the future. She was speaking things about the future, which were a lie, but maybe sounded plausible. That's what the enemy does. If he can get you just a degree or two off truth, it starts proclaiming your future with a lie. He's an expert at this. He's got a PhD in lying. He's the arch deceiver. He's called the father of lies. You and I are Johnny come latelys where that's concerned. He will want to just get you off track. So, Paul delivered this slave girl from the spirit of divination. The word divination is an interesting one. In the original language, which is Greek in the New Testament, it's the word puthon, P-U-T-H-O-N. But the U and the Y in in Greek, English, it's, it's actually the word we get our word python from. The way a python works is stealth and a python will, will wrap itself around its prey and literally constrict and squeeze the life out of it. And I actually believe, as I prayed over this last night and this morning, that the enemy 
is doing everything he can for some of you to squeeze the life out of you. The lights are on, but there's no one home. And you feel like you're being constricted and suffocated in your spiritual walk. Others of you, you are being constricted and suffocated in your finances and your supply chain. Others of you, you feel absolutely useless and fear bound, unable to reach out to friends and engage in ministry. You've got all the logical reasons and right now your only connection with the Kingdom of God is using the ministry of the butt. If you like, it's a Python spirit. It's a spirit of divination. I'm not saying everything's the devil, but I, but I do feel, I believe in my heart that there's many of you that are, that are succumbing to that right now. We're gonna take aim at that just in a few moments time. What actually happened? Once they delivered this girl from the spirit of divination, it's like all hell broke loose. Like, like they, they called the, the owners of her who were being ripped off in her, their minds because she was no, no longer able to give them the money they were, she, was, she was making for them. They called the authorities, the magistrates. They came, they had them beaten with rods, stripped naked and put in the inner prison. So what do Paul and Silas do? It's midnight. What do you want to do, dude? Well, we could either whinge or we could worship. We could whine or we could worship. So they decided to worship. And so in lifting up, the name of Jesus, something so powerful happened. They, they lift, and I don't believe it was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> little Jesus, Milton, meek and mild, bless the life of this little child. What about you, Silas? There was something that rose up within them. It was like, I am a child of the Most High God. I might be incarcerated, I might be constricted, I might be restricted on the outside, but I am free and free indeed on the inside. I'm worshiping the living God. And the most incredible thing happened. This earthquake hit and the jail doors flung open. Everyone say open doors. They flung open. And the prisoners are like, wow, what happened then? And the jailer realised, oh, I'm in deep yogurt. He was, he was looking after these guys. And he takes his sword out. He's about to run himself through. And, and Paul says, hey, we're here. So they actually got broke out of jail, but they chose not to go. And eventually they did get let go. And the Philippian jailer and his whole family, in response to the prayer, actually got baptised, the whole household. So on the way to spiritual thriving, on the way to exceeding fruitfulness and the, on the way to supernatural provision, the enemy will often operate as a python spirit to try and constrict you in Jesus' name. I've got a little more to preach right now, just a few minutes, but I wanna right now, just pause. Didn't do this in the first service. I wanna take a moment. I want to do some business with God right now. If you feel that constriction around you, you feel like your spiritual life is being suffocated. You feel like the frustration of your supply chain has been cut off. You feel like, man, this fruitfulness, I feel something in me. There's so much more, but I feel like I'm just bumping along the bottom. If that's you, I want to pray for you right now. I want to take authority over that right now. If that's you, wherever you are in this place or online, 
I want you to get on your feet right now. Stand up, stand, stand on your feet right now. That's you, right across the house. You feel, uh, this, this is a word from God for you. This is, God is about to do something. I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. Quickly, quickly, I'm, I'm a pastor, not a dentist. I'm not drawing teeth here. If you, you know, you know, if you need to be on your feet, get on your feet right now. Come on, reach out to God. Not with a timidity. Don't wait for me. You are taking authority over this thing in Jesus' Name. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the unbridled authority of the Name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, I take authority over any spirit of divination, every any python restricting thing over these precious men and women of God. I pray for an open heaven, a doorway to be opened into heaven in their spiritual life. Open heaven, God, and pour out such blessing of provision that they can't even contain it. And God, I pray for a season of open door exceeding fruitfulness in their lives we give you the praise and the glory for that in Jesus name in Jesus name come on everyone why don't you give Jesus a shout a shout of praise you can be seated so if there's a way that seems right to a man what is the way Jesus said I am the way John 14 I am the truth God bottles those tears, sweetie. And I'm the life. Jesus' way is always about authority. God, God, Jesus leads you in the way of authority. You are authorised. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If you don't realise that and realise the authority on your life and recognise when the enemy is trying to separate you from community, when the enemy is trying to cause you to sit on your rusty dusty and actually be a consumer rather than a servant in the house of God, when the enemy is trying to hold you back from being generous, you know that's not Jesus. I'm the way. The way of Jesus is always authority. I'm the truth. The truth of God always builds a conviction in our heart. Here's two words that I believe that, that describe God's heart for all of us, all in. It may not be cool in our contemporary Christian all in. Be all in. The, the place where you are going to, prov- to know the greatest fulfilment, the greatest effervescent delight and joy is you not sitting around the edges, sitting on your rusty dusty, the, the gift of the butt, not poking a stick at it, but saying, Jesus, you died for me. You rose again. You sent the Holy Spirit. You've given me the name that's above every other name. You've canonised your word. How could I not be all in with all that you've called me to? And I tra- as I travel, so many believers, you know, the surface level, bless you, brother. Amen. Yeah, great week. Amen. God's on the throne. But when they're by themselves, like, I'm miserable. I'm miserable. Peace seems to be fleeting. I feel this sense of continual disquiet. When you try and control your life and put margins around your life, rather than than allow Jesus to to put kingdom front and centre, it, 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 it has that sort of outcome. 
I am the way. His way is authority. I am the truth. His truth builds convictions into our heart about being all in. And I'm the life. The life of God is best lived, bathed in the presence of God. A couple of years ago, I just finished preaching in Melbourne. And uh, I'm about to get to that place where I want to give everyone here the opportunity to say, Michael, you know what? I'm sick of bumping along the bottom. I need to declare today for the first time, or I need to declare again my dependence on Jesus. I'm going to repent. In other words, I'm walking my way. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to start to be all in with Jesus. That's coming just in a few moments' time. I just finished preaching in Melbourne. And, uh, and I got a text. It said, please call urgently. It was Pastor Rob Kettling from Minneapolis. I'm heading up to Minneapolis tonight. We work with a church up there called River Valley Church. Good church. Great church. And I rang him and he said, are you sitting down? I said, well, what's up? He said, Anthony has passed away. It's one of my dear friends. I used to stay with them when I was up in Minneapolis. The guy that I was, it was one of my interns way back in the day of Hillsong, about 113 years ago. He was a CPA accountant, ran an advertising agency, ran a building company, but he actually landed in answering the call of God. And he was a campus pastor, planted a campus from nothing, grew up to about over a thousand in about five or six years. The guy was a beast. I mean, he worked out, he was healthy, he ate well. He had, he had biceps as big as my thighs. He just, it was just, you know, he put 3,500 people through Alpha. Took 350, 400 people to some of the most dangerous parts of the world on missions trips. The guy was all in. 53 years of age, dropped dead. We quickly raced up to Minneapolis and I was on the Sunday, I was about to speak to, their, to his congregation. Pastor Rob Kettling said, hey, can you just address them? And so, and so I, I, it's like I was in worship and I, I, I got a vision and it was a vision of like t- two big hunking doors. I, I imagine to be the doors of heaven, gates of heaven. And, uh, and, and they were singing a song called Hallways. God remind me, this is not my destination, but life is a hallway. And, uh, and, and I saw Anthony like just with his nose right against the huge doors of gates of heaven. And, and I, I, in my mind's eye, I saw like he took his last breath on earth. The, the doors flung open and the radiance of the light nearly knocked him off his feet. And the next breath he took was the atmosphere of heaven. Beautiful, huh? Now, if you had asked Anthony, where are you on the hallway, dude? He said, I'm about three decades down there. He didn't realise he had his nose pressed up against eternity. And none, neither to any of us. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the greats that you'll meet in heaven, the guys and girls in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. Like, they're going to be there. I don't know if you ever thought, men, I can't wait to ask them what it was like. What was it? Moses, what was it like putting a stick out over the Red Sea and walk on dry ground, waving to the fish and the dolphins on the way through? Joshua, dude, what was it like taking the baton from Moses? Man, those complaining, whinging, whining Israelites trying to take them into the promised land. How you going, dude? Noah, 
making a boat and it hadn't even rained. Abraham, dude, you were getting on in years. You're a bit long in the tooth. Sarah, she was looking well past childbearing years. You had your miracle son and God says, take him up a hill and sacrifice him. Dude, what was it like? I don't know, have you ever thought about that? You can talk to people in heaven, worship Jesus for a couple of thousand years around the throne, have a bit of a yarn to those that have been before you. So Anthony comes in, I can imagine him, come with me on the theatre here for a second. Imagine Anthony coming in and he's rehearsing, what was it like, what was it like? And, and before he gets a chance, Moses reach out, there's, there's Moses, Joshua, Abraham, Noah, the celestial coffee machine over in the corner. And Moses says, hey, Anthony. And Anthony's like, me? Says, yeah, yeah, Anthony, come over and meet the fellas. Just before he could get there, Moses said, hey, we've been itching to ask. Anthony, what was it like? And he's like, I was going to ask you that, All right, awkward. What was it like? Yeah, what was it like? He said, he said, you see, everything you read about us, we did because we had God with us. You had Christ in you. We never did have that. What was it like? What was it like every day when you woke up knowing you had Christ in you? Oh, Jesus, what have we got today? Who are we gonna, what miracles are we gonna see today? God, how am I gonna serve others today? Lord, how am I gonna see miracles of provision in the lives of people? How am I gonna serve and build your house today? Because I've got Christ in me. So it puts to rest that all you've got is the ministry of the butt. You've got greatness inside of you, my friend. His name is Jesus. There is no obstacle. There's no spiritual opposition. There's no distraction too great for the Christ that is within you. You say, man, I never kind of thought it like that, Pastor Mike. In fact, Kind of feels a long way from where I'm at right now. Friend, I want to bring the challenge. As we close this part of the service, I want to encourage every single one of you just to be open-hearted. I've shared a little bit of my story. I'm the hero of some guru who's got it all together. Says you've got to do this. My background is as broken as the next person and I'm a trophy of God's grace but He will never do anything outside of your will. And the truth is you can, you can keep bumping along the bottom. You can keep going through the motions, eyes here, or you can actually grab a hold of this moment in time and say, Jesus, I repent because I know who moved, you didn't. I come back, I declare my need of you. Here's what we're gonna do. I want every eye, just close your eyes for a sec, right across the house. No one looking around. I'm going to simply count to three. And when I hit three, those of you that say, Michael, you're speaking to me. Today, I want to get my life right with God. Either for the very first time, maybe a friend bought you this morning, or you need to come back into that sweet spot that you know, you know, God wants you to dwell. You already know it before I even count to three, because you know the Holy Spirit is actually convicting you and stirring you, saying He's talking about you. One, Jesus Christ died on that heinous Roman cross to pay the full price for your sin and mine so that we could be completely forgiven. Two, the Bible says that today, 
today, this day is the day of salvation, the day of getting your life right with God. When you hear His voice, when He whispers into your heart, don't diss Him, don't harden your heart, but respond to Him. With every eye closed, every head bowed, right across Citizens Church this morning, right across those online, our online family. If today you say, Michael, you're talking to me, pray for me. I need to get my life right with Christ. With every eye closed, every head bowed, right across the house. If that's you right now, you say, Michael, pray for me. Lift your hand right now. Three, right across the house. Yes, 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 yes. God bless you. Yep. Lift it up right now. Yes, yes, yes. Right at the back there. God bless you. Yes, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Right at the back. God bless you in there. Great young man. Yep, yep. Yes, lovely lady. Fantastic couple of fellas there, right at the back there. Who else you have? Right at the back. God bless you. Glad we didn't miss you. Who else? You haven't raised your hand. But the Holy Spirit is stirring your heart saying, come on, I'm talking to you. If you haven't raised your hand, but you know God is challenging you. Come on, lift it up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Citizens Church. Let's, let's not just play with this. Let's give those people, there's a number of people making epic decisions to get their lives on track with God this morning. The least that we can do is match heaven's celebration. Let's thank God for every single one. Come on, come on. Thank You, Lord. Here's what we're gonna do before we worship. I don't just want to hear the voices of those that raised their hand. There was 20 or I don't know how many people, 20 or 30. It's not about just them. We're a family here today. Citizens, I mean, I talked about family. This is an amazing church family. If you are, if you're having a check out and you're looking for a church family, you, you have, you, your search is over. Like I don't want to be the Holy Spirit, but this is an incredibly healthy, whole house. This is a place that is going to value you, value your family, value your kids. And uh, so I want us all as a family this morning to pray this prayer with strength and authority and particularly those that raise your hand, but let's all join them together right now. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, you pray after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You right now in the mighty Name of Jesus. I acknowledge my need of You. From my heart, with my mouth, I confess You as my Lord and my Saviour. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I wanna live every day to please You. I declare Christ is in me and He is my hope of glory. In Jesus' Name, come on. Amen and Amen. God bless you. Thank you for receiving the Word, Pastor. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. 